Hello and welcome to the VanCast. I'm your host, Graham Meals, and today I'm with one of my good friends, Misha Murphy. How are you doing, Misha? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing really well. So what are you up to these days? Um, so, I mean, in general, or... (laughs) Just in general, what are you doing? Um, so I'm a student uh, at SFU, um, and I'm in international development and women's development, um, and right now I have a podcast that I'm working on, uh, called The Hush Industry, that's, uh, geared towards, um, sex workers' rights, so that's kind of, like, my passion project on the side, so I'm kind of doing those two things in tandem and, and balancing those, but... Other than that, that's pretty much my life. No well, joke. it seems like you're really passionate about women and women's rights. So what brought mm-hmm. you, brought all that passion? Um, so, I mean, like I've always, I mean, I am a woman. So well, yeah, this, there you go. There's that. <laughs> there's that. Um, so like, I obviously, there's like a passion there. Um, but I've always kind of been into like international development. Like I've always kind of felt like there's no reason there's so much money in the world and there's no reason why we don't share a little bit yeah there should be this huge um gap uh between you know developing nations and developed nations quote unquote um we don't call them that anymore no it's like changed but yeah um yeah so like I think I've always been interested in that and then as I got interested in that and like the difference between wealth I got really interested in um the wage gap between um men and women um and how that's like a thing in quote-unquote western countries and like how it's even more of a thing in um places like i think for a while like saudi arabia was like the worst but now they're doing really well well not Um, really well well, not really well but but a little better a little better yeah they're um, moving forward moving forward exactly um um but yeah so like I got really into that and I really wanted to study it um there are no like women's development programs uh in Vancouver so I'm kind of doing um women's studies and then I'm doing international development and with any chance I get whatever you know thesis project or whatever I try and bring them together and and kind of uh do that sort of thing and I just realized that I really like writing on it and I really like going you're into obviously it, really so. passionate about it yeah I am I love it um I definitely think there's enough money in the world there's enough well I think power. the quote is one percent of the world has 99 percent of the wealth and 99 percent of the world has one percent of the wealth yeah it's it's crazy like the the gap between and actually i'm just learning about this right now because i'm taking an econ class which i hate but it's really interesting (laughs) it's like just three hours long and and only lecture but um yeah i'm learning about like the origins of that and and you know like the industrial revolution and like all of that is super interesting to me um but more than that like even like social everything like you know like fertility and like reproductive rights and um and obviously then that brought me to sex workers rights so and that's just like a crazy thing that I still think is like just so outdated that people are still like what what do you think is the best world I mean sorry the best country in the world to be a woman when it comes to equality oh man that's such a hard question um or where would you want to live I the only two places that I have lived in my life that I've actually like set up camp for a while are Ecuador and Canada. And oh, those Ecuador are... is amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, for women, it's like not yeah. so amazing. Very true. Um, and it's very, you know, in the past. So I think that like, you know, I don't, I don't think I know enough about other countries to be like, well, this is the best country. Cause I also think that where, you know, like generally where, you know, 
you might have social rights that, you know, like, I mean, if you look at Amsterdam, right, like they have like fully um, legalized, you know, sex workers rights. But, you know, there are a bunch of other social things that are kind of behind. Um, like Ireland just started like literally two summers ago. I think when I was there, actually, they legalized abortion. Like there's there's so many places where like you would think that it's like awesome to be a woman because maybe the wage gap is, you know, a little bit less than, you know, another country like in Ecuador. It's But then there's something else. Big. Yeah, but there's something yeah. else, right? So it's I think there's like a balance of things um, in terms of where we are, like Vancouver's pretty great, but then, like, again, I'm a white female, like, you know, like, I grew up in East Van, like, yeah. you know, it's, it's, um, it also depends from, like, where, like, whether you moved here, or whether you were born here, or whether you're, you know, unfortunately, like, a person of color, or white, like, it's all very different, so, I don't know, it's hard yeah. to say. For me, right now, living in Vancouver, I'm given a lot of opportunity, like, Canada's great in terms of, like, even our health system, like, it's fucking crazy, like, it's awesome, um, but I don't know, I don't know where would be the best place, I don't, I don't think it's possible to pick out, like, one, you know? What are the, there's obviously a lot, but what are the top, like, three or four things that you would change if you were a leader in favor of women? Um, like, I think definitely, education is is where i like really the huge of equal education especially yeah. around the world yeah absolutely yeah, that's and i huge. think that like you know brain power is exactly what we need right now we've got so many fucking problems i know and we're at the, we're at the verge of being like if we're not smart enough we're fucked literally and <laughs> yeah. think about all the brain power that like isn't being put to work because you know there are so many girls worldwide that aren't being put into school and when you think of the opportunity like once like so, let, let's say there's a girl in some part of africa the moment she gets the opportunity she's gonna work so hard because she's been waiting so long to just get this yeah. opportunity and it's it's just been embedded for in culture and society for so long and then finally they're realizing hey these people are just like us just like guys except for they have they're built a little differently it doesn't mean they're any different any less yeah well it's really interesting because that's only like a thought that started happening even for our parents yeah. it's like they they were still yeah. pretty iffy about it they were yeah. still the like classic mom's got to be at home take care of the kids mm -hmm. the dad's supposed to make the money mm -hmm. and now it's like i want to stay at home why can't my wife make the money? Yeah, <laughs> well, she will. <laughs> but I think, yeah, like, and even, even like, I think, you know, Africa's like an easy go-to um, for a lot of people because it is true. Like, if you look, look at the statistics, like it, you know, I'm, I'm, this is exactly what I study. Um, and, you know, it's not wrong that like, there isn't a lot of it, like, you know, women being educated in like certain parts of like sub-Saharan Africa. Like if you take the statistics from sub-Saharan Africa, you know what I mean? Like that is... It's crazy. Like, it's it's insane. I don't have any off the top of my head. Maybe I should have brought some. But, um, you know, like, even if you look in our backyard right now, like, like Canada also has this problem, right? Like, even just, yep. like, Indigenous, like, that's, like, Oh, so... yeah, don't even get me started on Indigenous. Yeah, exactly. It's so it's, like... like, even just, you know, looking in our backyard and being, like, where can we make 
this better here, you know? And, like, that is a part of, like, why I'm doing this podcast, right? Because it's, like, it's so easy in international development because I'm studying the world to be, like, okay, I want to go to, you know, the Middle East or I want to go to Africa or I want to go to even I would have gone to freaking Ireland, you know what I mean? Because, like, the fact that they just legalized abortion is ridiculous, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, anywhere else because I'm studying those places, you know, it's so easy to be like, okay, I'm going to go there to work. Um, but for right now, like I'm here. So like, what can I do here? So this is one of my arguments. So mm-hmm. one of my arguments is um, for for against people that are against abortion. It's like, so you have a uh, someone that can't have a kid. Not economically, they can't have them. They don't want to have them. Somehow it accidentally happened. And they're like, no, you have to have this child. This child gets forced in. The parent can't take care of them, so they don't take care of them. The kid ends up having a rough life growing up. He ends up going in the foster system because they never wanted him in the first place. They were forced to take him. And, and it ends up economically in the long run, you're costing your city or your government a lot of money. And most likely the kid is not going to have the best life because the mother couldn't or the father or whoever, both of them couldn't support him in the first place. Why would you force them to have that child? Yeah. It's well, like, I mean, it's like crazy. Like, like, like it's, it's, it's unfortunate. It's like we're in the stone age. Yeah. But that's the thing though, is it's like, is when you, when you pose that argument, like it's a lot, of, it's not about economics for, for people that are against abortion a lot of the time. Yeah. Right? It's about the morals of it. So it's Moral, hard to it's go like against all about someone's the, morals. The God or the religion. Or yeah. The I know a lot of people even that aren't religious and they're just like, no, I think that's wrong. You know, and you, and everyone, like, you're entitled to your own opinion. I personally, outwardly, am pro-choice. <laughs> yeah. But obviously, yeah. you know, like, it's hard. I will never combat someone on this issue. I feel like I'm, I'm kind of over that. Like, I'm just here to educate. And if you refuse to take in that knowledge, like, I'm going to do my best to educate you. And, you know, but if I'm, it's my morals against your morals, like what, what's going to happen? Well, at the end of the day, you could argue with someone for two hours, but both people are going to think they're both right at the end of it. Exactly. You're not going to get anything. All all you can do is educate people and set a good example Mm -hmm. and people will understand eventually. And some people may never understand. And the sad reality is like they have every right to have their opinions and their views. But what bugs me is when they look down on other people because they have opposing views like, oh, you are from a different religion. That must mean you're terrible or your religion's terrible or oh you have a different stance than i do that much mean you hate me or there must be no people are allowed to have different opinions yeah is it really that is it really that hard to be like yeah we both have two different opinions but that's that's what makes like education and that's what makes talking so good is being able to have different opinions yeah well i think education's at the root of everything that's why you know like i know i no longer when it's moralistic when you when you go up against someone's morals like i no longer i'm going to be like get angry about it because all i'm going to do is you know do the facts and be like i am outwardly whatever i might be you know in this example i am outwardly pro-choice i disagree with you you know what i mean and then saying why but then past that point like i'm not going to try and change like if you're if it's your morals like your core of what you believe like I don't, I'm not so egotistical that I like think I'm going to fucking change that. And it doesn't, and it's not like just because they have a different view, they're threatening you. It's like, no, 
I, we can have this conversation. Yeah. You know? And hopefully some of it, some of it lands, some of it hopefully, sinks. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> Eventually. But, you know, and, and sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. But like, even with the podcast, right, we've gotten so many haters. Like, so many haters are like, this Yeah, tell funny. me more about your podcast. Who are you doing it with? So, I, I actually, so it was um, started because I had a class at SFU that was based on sex workers' um, rights. So rights for sex work. Which you and, are, obviously, you think it should be legalized? Uh, I don't think it should be legalized, actually. I think that it should be decriminalized. Decrim- okay, so, yeah, I get the difference. Um, yeah, so like legalized is what they have in Amsterdam, but, you know, there's, and which is objectively better than what we have. So actually, maybe I should talk about what we have now. What we have now is the Nordic model. Okay. Um, so it's, you know, it's sometimes it's called like asymmetrical criminalization. And that basically means that it conflates um, sex work with sex trafficking. So it assumes that all sex work is sex trafficking. Um, and therefore, the onus is placed on the John, quote unquote, John, the buyer. Um, so basically it's not illegal in our, in our model, it's not illegal to sell sex, but it's illegal to buy buy sex. So it gets put on the owner, but what people don't understand is that like, that still has the same effect as making it like completely illegal because people like, you know, like women have, or sorry, I shouldn't say women, sex workers, you know, um, generally, I mean, statistically in Vancouver right now, mostly women. Um, but it's because most of the Johns are Johns. Yeah. And, and, and it is like, you know, it is true that it's, you know, um, it's been a women's profession in the past, but that's, that's changing. And that's, you know, like there, I've met a lot of, um, you know, self-identified men sex workers. So, you know, that's, it's, it's not necessarily women, but like sex workers in general, you know, it gives them less time to screen and it's like, it's super dangerous actually, um, to make it even just the onus be on the buyer. Well, Um, it's, you need the, you need the safety, right? You want them to be able to have an environment to do it in where they're safe. They're protected from like Johns that are crazy Mm -hmm. and they don't get their money stolen from like pimps and stuff like that right yeah well it's actually like pimping is is not as common as you would think so that's actually like more along the lines of sex trafficking okay so, like, pimps and and there's different like it's really complicated there are, so there are things um called organizers so one of my friends is actually an organizer or was an organizer but that's technically illegal because so what she was doing was illegal if she could have been charged she could have been put in jail organizer technically she's like the She's like the manager for these girls. Yeah, she would be what people would call a pimp, pimp, modern day pimp. But you know, pimp has this like connotation where it's like it's super violent and yeah. super like it's like ownership. Yeah, almost. and what she was doing is just making sure that these women who maybe were trying it out, she was a sex worker herself, and she and she was actually doing sex work at the time as well. Um, so she was both a sex worker and an organizer. Um, but like for women that were just coming into it. It was like she would make sure that they had rides there. She'd wait and then she'd drive them back or she'd like set up appointments and like, you know, like set up dates. Sorry. And, you know, X, Y, Z. Like that was her job. Like that was what she did. Um, Respect. Yeah. And so there's there's a difference like so but like a pimp, the connotations around pimp are very like negative. Right. And yeah. and if it were to be pimping in the way that like a lot of people, you know, that's like you have to make this amount of money today and you have to, you know, like what that you see in movies and they get and them stuff. addicted to crack or yeah, drugs. Yeah, like you and see then, all that shit yeah. in movies. And like that is sex trafficking in my like that is sex trafficking. Yeah. Like there is no there's no point where that was a choice. So there, so there has to be the choice from the sex worker for it to not be sex 
like trafficking of the person. Right? Yeah, absolutely. They got to have the will. Yeah, well, it's coercion. It's, it's manipulation. And I think that the big thing that like people, you know, I've had so many people that are like, well, you know, like we're, we're protecting sex workers by doing this, by having this asymmetrical like criminalization. And it's like, yeah, okay. So now instead of it being like completely illegal, like women or sorry, sex workers can call in and it is something where like they can file a police report now, right? But, it, but it's very rarely taken seriously. Like that's the unfortunate fact, right? Because the the attitude, unfortunately, you know, I used to volunteer at um, WISH, which is a women's center for sex workers. And like a lot of the time it's like just not... It's like the whole idea around it is like, well, too bad. Like, that's a part of the job, right? Like, but it's like, there's no fucking way that, like, you know, a bad date, like actual, um, you know, violence is, is supposed to be a part of the job in any job. Like, well, there is well, no we way. Have, we have with the government of Canada, we have certain rules for jobs that. So if you're actually going to declare, hey, this is a job, then you need to have safety like work safety like general work safety when you go work at cactus club they teach you oh here's the eyewash station here's this that mm -hmm. if you're going to declare sex workers a job then that means you're going to have to give them a place with security a place where these things don't happen yeah but that's 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 exactly where it comes in why why the nordic model is so it's so it's not it's so unhelpful like because you know it's not considered a job you're considered a victim yeah. so it's this victimization of women that you know like so many women all the women I've talked to and so many and the men that I've talked to you know that are like I chose this and yes there are survival sex workers don't get me wrong like there are survival sex workers that I've worked with that are like hey man I'm just here because I have to be like I'm here because you know and like, that's whatever the hardest the... ones to see yeah and that's yeah. and that's I think where a lot of people where the morals for a lot of people get shaky because then they're like, no, but this person's doing it because they have to. So maybe if we can save them, but the Nordic model is not doing anything for them. You're not going to save them by doing the Nordic model. You're just putting them out of work. They're already doing survival sex work, right? How so would, it's like, how would you revise happens? the model? What would you do? Um, decriminalizing it basically means that, so the reason that I'm against legalization not against it's still better than what we have but i would prefer dec decriminalization over legalization is because legalization gives power to like a lot of power all the power to the government right now we have a government that thinks that no sex workers choose they're all victims they all don't like you know it's like giving it's giving no voice it's very to black or white too yeah and it's yeah. well and it's like it's not it's paternalistic right like yeah, it's, it's not like, just like that it's yeah. like oh you poor things let us do this for you and yeah. it's like no like why don't you just like for so many years sex workers have been like please anything but this you know and and they're still like no shh, shh. like you know like yeah. and it's like what the what are <laughs> well, you it's, doing because there's all this old like stigma and there's all these like well, it's yeah. an old conservative stigma well people get freaked when it's sex right well, like, like even even out. my parents like it's just their generation is so hypnotized by like yeah. the fact of someone allowing someone else to pay for sex like you can go online and watch like someone have sex with a donkey but the moment it mm. actually happens in front of you they, they lose they lose their mind it's yeah just, i mean that's 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 also a really interesting like dichotomy is like people that like watch porn but are like no, but oh, you no and you, that's like so interesting you can't you can pay for like, literally what? anything yeah you could pay for someone to piss on you 
but you can't pay for sex, which is something that we all want all the time. What's hilarious <laughs> to me is that, like, definitely our like, parents the only porn. The only difference is the camera. Yeah, Like, well, exactly. if I'm, like, if, like, there's, like, a funny, funny comic where it's, like, I'm having sex with a girl. This cop mm-hmm. busts in and it's like prostitution he's like you're under the rest and i'm like no and then i like point to the camera, camera. in the corner and it's yeah. like it's legal now because we're filming it it's so it's actually crazy. it's actually a porno and, and then, even even those laws like are super shaky as well it's really interesting like what i always like when i was talking to some of you know my family members about it like i was like okay listen hey wait like let's just let's just tone this down for a second like because it's getting obviously pretty heated like my family is is pretty old school there a lot of them are really understanding now and and a lot of them were understanding from the beginning but i was like have you ever paid for porn and of course our parents generation has paid for porn because the porn hub is like is is so new in the grand scheme of things right back it was on the d the vcr yeah and literally like all of them do you remember like the xxx stores (laughs) on like hastings like they're all shut down now rip but like you know it's it's and like all of them were like quiet and i was like see like i get it they used to go to movie theaters and jack off in the movie theater oh and there would be like jizz everywhere See, and that was just like a huge no i could never freaking do that that's no weird as hell yeah and, <laughs> if and that's the, if that's what you want to do i mean <laughs> like, hey if they're if they're into that they're yeah into that. But, but definitely like you know and i get it it's it's it, and then like their immediate argument is like but it's not me and it's like that makes sense to me like okay sure but there's still an act of buying sex in in a certain way you know what i mean like you were still supporting like sex work Right. So I don't know. Like it's it's hard. Again, this moral moral talk. Right. Like it's hard to get into a discussion when someone's like, this is my core belief. This is who I am. That's what morals are. Right. Like they're like, this is what I believe. So it's hard to go up against people. But, you know, like decriminalization is important because it doesn't give as much power to people that don't understand what they're fucking doing and and you know that's putting it really bluntly i'm allowed to swear on this yeah okay thank god um i think i've like dropped like six f-bombs um as but yeah long, i think swearing is fine as long as you're not just as long as you don't like you're not like racist or anything like that that's uh, I well i'm about. just not so, yeah, so you're, you're a pretty good good person yeah. with that so yeah but that's the like, only thing i care about okay cool <laughs> you can swear um, as much as you want but yeah so like it doesn't give the power to people that are already standing on morals that are like hey listen no this can't be a thing we got to protect our like my favorite thing to hear is like got to protect our sisters it's like fuck fuck you like what? <laughs> are you even like and that's a real thing like even if you you know and and this is not to bag on 911 like ecom yeah but like there i think it's called like sister watch or something that where you call in and like that term is just like so hilarious to me where it's like we got to protect our mothers our, our sisters our like our daughters it's like no bro like like you were freaking okay with us not voting like you know what yeah. i mean like up until like however many years ago so yeah. like you know like it's like for me it's just really interesting how all of a sudden there's like rights and you know like this this respect comes when when sex is involved when it's like this like oh no we don't want our women selling sex it's like no but like it's just the women taking back power like it's literally like if you're going to sexualize women if society is going to sexualize women the way that they do and god forbid a woman decides to capitalize on that all of a sudden people have a fucking problem right so like that's where you know i don't want well not not just not just that 
they were getting used originally without them having any power. So they're sex, they're objectified, and then they're used by like these pimps or whatever. And then finally, they're getting to a point where they can actually make it their own. And then everyone's like, "Oh nope, can't do that. You can't." Yeah. Well, actually, there's been there's been like self sufficient sex workers since the beginning like it wasn't just necessarily like pimping and trafficking always and now all of a sudden like they're so now it's just a little less dangerous it's just it's more i think that actually sex trafficking is so rare if you actually look at you know like we've got um something in in north america that we do or sorry i don't want to say we that the that the law enforcement does yeah. and i think it's called like operation northern spotlight well, you might, pay taxes you can say we yeah yeah oh, yeah exactly <laughs> but i mean like i'm not the person kicking yeah. down doors but yeah. basically what they do what they used to do before Backpage was shut down is they'd go on Backpage and they'd like go and find you know these women and girls and whatever and then they'd like bust open the doors and be like we're rescuing you and so many like i think the percentage of women that were actually found that were like thank you was like so few like it was like insane like if you like look up the statistics like it's just sex trafficking is so rare so important like this is like something that like i don't want to get across the idea where i'm like it's so rare so it doesn't matter like there is no there is no person that is rooting for decriminalization that is down with sex trafficking. Yeah. None of us are down with sex trafficking. Like that's not. It's just you of need to. Fo- you just need to focus on the majority exactly. Of the well, people. instead of like throwing a blanket solution over it yeah. and like millions of dollars, why don't we zone in on the population that actually wants help, right? Like, and then leave these other women to do their fucking. And they thing. can actually like, make good money. Like I was thinking about it just the other day. If I were to charge $300 for someone to have sex with me, and I had sex three times in a week, that's $1,500 right there, not including my wage if I'm like a dancer. So if you really wanted to go crazy, you can make good money as yeah. a sex as oh a sex oh my god my right? friends that are strippers are rolling and dough. like they're yeah. gr- like they're doing just fine i know i know people that girls mostly girls there are some guys mostly girls though that some some older gentlemen will like message them on instagram be like hey like i think you're attractive they'll go to like mexico with them for like a week they'll end up with like a nice bag some shoes and like a couple thousand dollars and they may sleep with them but majority of it they're just eye candy and it's like it's like an industry. It's yeah, like it's like a full thing. It's it's a huge thing. Yeah, it's huge. It's like it's it's. I mean, all of it's huge. Like escorting. Like uh, the sex industry is huge. Just sex. Is, it's huge. It's billions it's, it's and billions biggest, of dollars. It's the biggest part, and it's like crazy too that like it's such an informal economy right now. Like that is crazy. But I don't know. Like decriminalization is important because it gives power to the sex workers. It gives a lot more power. Like if even if you think about like. I don't know, to put into perspective, weed right now, right? Before it was decriminalized, like how many times have you been like, damn, it's cool that it's legalized, but fuck, like why is it like all of a sudden coming I in could all give these, you, I could you give know? you a thousand examples, Kate. Yeah. First of all, first of all. <laughs> Wait, don't get into weed talk with me right now. <laughs> okay, okay. I, just one <laughs> yeah, point, go, go, one go. point. I, I, I buy this thing from the government. First of all, it's in this black container. You can't even see what you bought. I know. It's and and it's I, I I get out of there. It took me so long. I, <laughs> so mad. I get out of there. I go home. 
I this, this is in like late November. I look at the label. It says package September fourth, and I'm like, this has been sitting in this container for three months. Yeah, Are you kidding me? Welcome. Whoever designed world. this government weed has never smoked weed in their life. <laughs> it's like crazy. Even if you've seen, and actually, like the part that okay, this is this is last I'm gonna say on weed, but the part that freaking pisses me off is the single joints, how much packaging there is. It's half filter. It's crazy. It's, and half it's like, filter. And, and it's like also, in a thing, in a box thing. It's yeah, the amount yeah. of the amount of packaging is insane. It's crazy. It's so wasteful. And it costs but, like fifteen dollars for one joint. Yeah, it's crazy. But we you can know, do like, an entire segment. Exactly. Exactly. But but take that, basically, all of those things that we had when it was decriminalized, it was still like nobody was getting I mean, it was Man, I was smoking weed at like 15 and all I had to do was like lower it if there was a cop near. You know what I mean? Like they didn't even freaking care. It was my, my, my sister. Not that that was good. I do not (laughs) encourage 15 year olds. My memory's so bad. But like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's good to not have them in jail. Like, yeah. And like, and it was just so, it was so much more relaxed. But it's, it's a good way to make people understand because people are like, well, what's the difference? Right. And it, and it, it shows you like it's just the most recent thing that's been you know changed from decriminalized to legalized in in Canada that, that most people understand um you know and it's like this kind of thing where i'm like look at the difference there right where like it was just it was still it still had all of these things it was just a little bit more in favor of the people who are growing the people who are buying the people who are selling right like they were more in control as opposed to the government being in control of everything right and and the thing too like and you know moving past you know weed there's also a dynamic like weed's a thing you know what i mean and it's a substance and that's that's got its equal importance and it's like its own category but with women specifically like if we're looking at our governmental system right like women have been oppressed like marginalized so like how are we going to give this huge for and again i'm saying women because most of sex workers that are working right now yeah. are women we, we can we can lock it in that we're just talking generally yeah we understand there are males and females and yeah. whatever else yeah but generally speaking majority are women yeah yeah and so like you know it's it's scary then if you knowing that fact to give power to a system that's like almost entirely like even even though we have 50 percent cabinet women it's still run by men the world is run by men unfortunately you yeah. know what i mean and like man i love you guys i don't mean to like you know well i'm this, not the one i wish i know? was the one running but, like, the world you but know, like i don't like to I'm create not, this like yeah. whole you know like women versus men thing i don't i don't like that but women like like versus us versus system 100 percent. like i i think our systems are so effed like and i think that you know, like giving that power to people that don't understand that are still thinking that like sex work is sex trafficking is dangerous. And especially on top of that, an added layer is a lot of sex workers statistically are indigenous as well. So especially in Canada. Yeah. 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 yeah in Canada. Oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking specifically to yeah, Canada, but okay. like, you know, even with that, then, like, racism within our system and marginalization of, like, not only just women, but indigenous women, like, I don't know, it it would make me nervous to legalize it because I'd be like, I don't really think, if we're not, 
you know, if we don't think that clean water to indigenous, you know, communities is like a priority right now, then I can't even imagine. You know what I mean? Like that's that's well, where I get there's, nervous. There's women rights and then there's indigenous women rights, which is on a whole different level. Exactly. And I don't I would not like to see the Canadian government in charge fully of that. I don't where we are. Especially because right they were the perpetrators in the first place. Yeah, I mean, like, it, uh, it's hard to place, like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, in terms of, in terms of, like, indigenous, why, like, Why they're yeah. still recovering? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant, like, sex work. I was no, like, that's just, like just a in general thing, for but, indigenous people, it yeah. seems like we're, our government is at the point where, yeah, they, they get, like, slight benefits, but we're kind of just, like, push you off. I see them kind of like I see an animal at the zoo. You just kind of push them off into your little area, t- put a put a fence around them, and be like, "Yep, that's the natives over there doing their own thing. We're not going to." Well, yeah, it's fucking it's, ridiculous. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. How and there's still like, it's pretty much segregation almost. Oh, it like they're they're segregated. I mean, we could we could talk about this for hours. Yeah. I mean, this is like, you know, yeah, this is exactly. But what we'll I'm get studying, back. But... We'll get back to the <laughs> the main point, which is your podcast. Yeah. Um. So, what's your most recent episode? Um. So our most recent episode was actually an ex sex worker. So she she was no longer working. Um. In she was no longer doing sex work. Uh. But she was both, I think, a sugar baby slash escort and a stripper. Sugar so, baby escort and stripper yeah so basically she's making good money she she was definitely like she was doing just fine um but she kind of gives us the perspective because you know like the way that we've set up the hush industry podcast like i have connections because i've got friends and family that do sex work uh i've got people like close to my immediate family if not in my immediate family that do sex work um that are sex workers um so you know i had a lot of connections there and those were people that i was like hey like would you you know those that was actually like the person that's very close to me or very close to my life and my family you know was the person that actually I I bounced ideas off of when I got this project. So basically our our prof was like we want like 40% of your mark is doing something that will help. So your like, podcast was actually a school project. It was a school project originally um but then it just turned into a passion project and it was like and now we're continuing it and we love it and um and really like the first season is just kind of like a get to know you thing it's very very just so much so like more than one season or are you still uh we're working on a second season right now so we're hoping to do a little bit more uh about laws because unfortunately like the way that we've set it up is very much so us just asking questions and whoever yeah and whoever and the questions are really basic like they're like you know um what is being you know, for example, a dominatrix. Yeah. And they explain. And then it's like, okay, like, how did you get into it? Um, like, what is something you wish you would have known? Just how does stigma affect you? Yeah, just like really basic, like, kind of, you know, humanizing and, and really, you know, having a conversation and, you know, informing people of certain things, you know, like, especially with dominatrixes and like, and people who do like dominating or like are, you know, a dominatrix or in se- sex work that way that do kind of like submissive dominant play like there's a lot of stuff where people are like well they just beat the shit out of people you know in the conversation that we have you know the person that we interviewed is very much so like I actually do a lot of mommy play like I do a lot of like like nurturing 
shit when there's still some like, you know, like I want to get spanked here and there, you know what I mean? Like, of course, but like there's a lot of misinformation about sex work in general. Well, as from what I know from experience, even though you're dominating someone, there's still a lot of like love and care and it's not like it's this like stray dog. You're just like beating up, you know, Yeah, there's a I lot mean, of connection behind it. There is. Well, you have to be first of all like in, you have to be comfortable like that yeah. that needs to have an incredible and, amount of yeah amount of respect and you need to trust the person and too. the crazy thing is is like one of my really good friends is also a dominatrix and she's like you would be astonished like you would be amazed by the type of like therapeutic shit that happens when we do this it like, feels amazing you know like where it's like so go. many people will like burst into tears and like start talking and then the rest of their session is just her listening right like i am a big believer in in sex work therapy i think that sex workers are not getting paid enough even i think that like you know like a a lot of my friends are strippers strip therapy is a fucking thing like like the amount of men that go in and like on a rough night because they're like i want to see some titties and then end up just like literally the whole dance like talking about their problems it's insane and i don't know what it is about it's it's the chemicals like the serotonin yeah. and stuff it just gets released or like maybe the... they feel more like manly when like it's, it's a girl's 100%. naked like i don't know there's there's like a thing like from coming from a man like when when you have it's like kind of a I don't really want to use the word power, but it's kind of when you see when you're with a woman and she's like undressed, because usually you don't see them like that. It gives you like you're like it, you're in this area that most people don't see. Yeah, well, it's and vulnerable. You, and you, vulnerable. Right? They're vulnerable and they're willing to show you their vulnerability. Yeah, so it gives you a little bit of power. <laughs> yeah. So then you're willing to open yeah. your vulnerability because yeah, they're definitely. open. And, and it just goes like that. Yeah, there's definitely, there's just a lot of things. And, and the first season is, is a lot about that, like literally just having a conversation. But unfortunately, the way that it's kind of been set up is we've been talking, like a lot of the women reached out to us and, and we have we have a male on the podcast as well, you know, and, and they reached out to us or we reached out to them through, you know, like either our prof that was like, hey, this person would be really interested. You should give them, shoot them an email, whatever. But oftentimes the people that end up you know volunteering their time um well actually we compensate them but like who end up coming on to the to the podcast they um they are indoor sex workers so they do in in calls out calls or they're stripping or you know xyz so unfortunately because we haven't really like there's a whole there's a whole morals thing around you know like i can't i can't as somebody who runs a podcast um like find a street worker and be like hey can you be on my podcast i'll pay you like that's so morally ridiculous you know what i mean like this person's gonna be like get out of my face like i'm not you know what i mean here to be like the monkey in the cage yeah exactly exactly so it's not like you know so but unfortunately the way that that's kind of been set up is is you know when you're listening to the podcast even though it's like really it's got a lot of information and it's awesome and you're getting a lot of information on you know a dominatrix a sugar baby slash organizer a stripper um indie porn stars you're getting a lot of information about what that's about you know how stigma affects their life indoor sex workers aren't super affected by the laws in the way that like street workers are that survival sex workers are you know and and so that's an unfortunate part where we're trying to tackle that in the second season so that it's like not a situation because because we don't try and manipulate the conversation either way because we don't want to be like 
oh yeah, we hear you, but isn't it crazy? Like how, you know, if someone's like, this doesn't really affect me, then I'm like, sweet, I'm glad, you know, like, thank God, you know? So like, but it has kind of come off after the first season as if like a lot of these, you know, a lot of the people that we interviewed were like, oh, it actually doesn't affect me too much, you know? And, and, but there are, there is a, such a large population that is affected. Um, so we're trying to, you know, talk about the laws a little bit more. We're hoping to get someone from a legal society in that can talk about it. That's also an ally with, you know, like, well, my parents are lawyers, so I could always, yeah, I could always hook you up. (laughs) Do they, are they, are they, my mom does criminal defense, so. Oh, cool. Nice. She, she has a, a lot of knowledge about that sort yeah. of stuff. Because she, because her career is, has been through this like somewhat legalizing, somewhat not. So she would probably have a lot to talk about it. Yeah, definitely. And like, I don't know, like Pivot Legal Society is like works towards like making like, you know, decriminalizing sex work. And so like, we're hoping to talk to them. So you guys um, are doing a lot of good. I want to hear just for sake about some of these haters you're talking about. Yeah. So, um... We expected it, of yeah, course. Obviously, right? it's a touchy, there's no matter it's a what you tub, do. Like, yeah, subject. There's going to be haters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely like we expected that going in. Um, we thought that most of the haters would be kind of you know like people that were like this is fucking disgusting, and like we got those people. We did. Um, we definitely like there there were people that were messaging us that were like this is wrong this is gross you know my co-host Skyla um like we co-host together so we just host it together so their 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 reasons are this is wrong do they have any like real good I think they're just bothered I think they're bothered people I mean I it's like it takes a special kind of someone to listen to a podcast and then go out of their way to yeah and it's like it's like like, first of all no one asks you to listen to it and and then second of all but people G- at like least give me a good things. reason why. But like. that's that's the thing. That's it goes it roots back to morals, right? Yeah. Because they like I mean, how many times have you watched a video of someone being like, you know, talking about like abortion rights where they're like pro life and you're like, What? Like some of the stuff that they're saying, but you can't yeah. like it's like a train wreck, you know what I mean? You or, can't or when I hear like, Oh, w- woman is stoned to death in Middle East and I'm just like what does that and happen? then i and then i learned in my i cl- mean i think that that's like just but then ridic- i learned like in my class wrong where but... i'm not allowed to judge them because they're allowed to have their own religion and their own culture and who am i, I to? Mean, and it's like well yeah, yeah. that's that's a thing yeah. but that is not a thing that it's, is objectively right? fucking wrong but yeah. anyway like i it think is. that like it is really yeah wrong. it's wrong but like and i, I sh- think the same thing for other people right yeah like they're like they want to listen because they're like this is fucked you know like people want to people they like the drama yeah yeah yeah. And, 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 and naturally as humans, like yeah. we do love it. Like, I mean, international development is basically that it's me being like, holy shit, this is so whack. And like learning about it and trying to change it. Right. Like it's literally playing into everything. Right. So I'm doing it in my everyday. Every time I go to school, I'm like learning about, you know, like how we're economically fucking up, how we're politically, socially, you know what I mean? Like, it's that's why all I started about- this podcast because I'm trying to get some like positivity out there. Yeah. It's everywhere. It's just negative it is and And i think that like when it comes down to morals people like to listen and they like to voice their opinion and because it's who they are they're like we need to say this because these people are you know doing something wrong which is like you're entitled to your opinion sir or ma'am you know or non-binary <laughs> like or, I, whatever, I feel like that we have not gone associate yourself binary it. yeah. it's all been men so far but you know like well it's it's whatever you want to be that's yeah. that's you can be whatever you want to be that's what this podcast view is we're just yeah. saying things generically yeah definitely and i think that like 
we've had a lot of those haters that reached out and we expected those but one that we didn't expect was actually like from like the sex work community and that was a that was a challenge because you know like we get it like we're allies um one of the people who works with us so it's a group of oh my god i think six maybe miscounted seven (laughs) um uh, women that are doing this all together um and we've got like some on social media some on you know like there's me and Skylar there's they're hosting we've got editing you know we've got you know like someone you on got, the a, whole team, got a whole team they're I'm fucking awesome bloke over here i know i know yeah it's true Jesus, so hire you need to get, yeah you need to get some people on it but you know that's what's made it run so smoothly that's why we got like 900 followers in like three and a half weeks like it's crazy like that's insane it just blew up so fast and we were wow. bound to get yeah we were bound to get haters right so but but definitely there was like one um that kind of sent like a pack that was like hey like go hate on this like literally put it on her instagram story and was like go hate on this podcast because they don't know what the fuck they're talking about which honestly it was hard because when it's a passion project and like on the podcast you'll see like we're not talking like if anything like we're being like oh that's interesting tell us more about this or like we're asking questions and like it's not about letting your opinion it's more about no. your person you're interviewing and definitely like our yeah. opinions come out we are we yeah. are objectively for decriminalization we make that very clear through our website Which through you're our everything to have. right yeah. but you know it's not us talking about what we think about you know what i mean like what we think it must be like or like we literally ask like hi, what is this? Um, How did you get into it? What's something you would have known? How does stigma affect you? Like, you know, on and on and on. And then a conversation happens, right? So it's it's not us speaking on it, but we are allies. One of the people that is in our group is a sex worker, but like she is not out, right? So it's also hard. Like people are like, well, these people aren't even sex workers. And like, that's true. I'm not a sex worker. I'm an ally, right? Like, that's objectively true so you know i think it's hard for for a marginalized community like fuck yeah i'd be mad too maybe you know what i mean where i'd be like what do you even know if but the problem is she didn't listen to it she didn't she didn't understand that you know it wasn't it's not us talking it's literally us just asking questions and trying to get it out there and trying to bring it into dialogue and conversation in a way that's positive in a way that like supports sex workers and supports you know what i mean in a way where like we are outwardly i am an outwards ally and that's okay and my name is on the podcast my my instagrams you know what i mean like i am out like and that's like something that like needs to there needs to be more people that are like outwardly like i support sex workers and i support sex workers. a lot of people don't want to because they don't want to get this people coming after them well yeah and 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 that's what it takes you know it takes Going out there, being able to take criticism, and the bigger you get, the haters are just going to get bigger. That's how Drake got famous, was fucking haters. <laughs> he literally made it number one through haters. He climbed the entire oh thing, climbed the wall of haters. But yeah. um, anyway, we, we've, we are, we're coming to an end here. It was really nice talking to you. I really appreciate you coming. Uh, what is your instagram and what is your podcast real quick um so the podcast is called the hush industry um so it's at the hush industry on both uh instagram and facebook we're on spotify just under the hush industry um it's like a little yellow like background and it's got like a, a little icon I'll, in the uh, I'll tag it in the description yeah. so you don't have to go hunting yes yeah. and then yeah i won't plug myself but i'm on there for sure 
<laughs> and cool. uh, the website's in the bio. So um, I will say quickly, we do have on our website, we have a letter to your local MP. So we've got a drafted letter. Um, this is all on the podcast, but just for anybody that's like, cool, I love this podcast, but I'm not going to listen to it. Um, if you are at all interested, like there is a letter to the MP. If you don't know who your MP is, we have the link to for you to find out who your MP. We've literally she's got, got all a the team. stuff. Okay. We got all the stuff. She's got a, she's got um, the stuff. So it's literally you just gotta plug in your name, plug in your MP, and send it off. And it's basically just urging, um, like the legal system to to revise uh, Bill C thirty six and and obviously all the information that hashtag I hashtag revise Bill C thirty six. Yeah, <laughs> review it, change it. Um, hashtag swag. Hashtag. <laughs> 2020. <laughs> exactly. 2020 visions. Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag yeah. it's a new year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> new year, new you. New year, new Mish. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thanks for coming, guys. Cool. Thank you. New episodes every Monday. Next Monday, I'm with my boy, Noah Usherwood. Check out his Instagram, Us Waits. See you later.